Okay, well, welcome everyone to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. And today we're going to explore a subject that affects one in five adults in the world who suffer from anxiety and one in three students who go to university and college. So those are the stats around the world. But of course, underneath that, the stats don't reveal the extent of suffering. My guest today is Johnny Joseph, who's an ICF PCC coach and a friend and also a human wisdom coach. Uh, I'm the founder of the Human Wisdom Project, um, and Johnny has been a partner in this project from the beginning. So, Johnny, welcome. Thank you, Manoj. Thanks for having me here. So, I'll just give a rough plan of the uh, session. So, Johnny and I are going to explore and talk for about 30 to 40 minutes. And then uh, we invite your questions and comments. Uh, please just raise your hand and we'll, have a, uh, we'll involve you. Um, we can also do a short breakout room. Uh, we'll see how things go. And we're going to explore five questions. What are the common causes of fear? How does fear shape our lives in some obvious ways, but some hidden ways? What is the nature of fear and anxiety? You know, like you might be afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of the dark, but the nature of fear is the same in all human beings. And we're going to be exploring that. How can we respond to, um, with wisdom to our anxiety so that we can be free? The ultimate freedom in life, of course, is the freedom from fear. Aristotle said that. And lastly, what would our life be if we could live without fear? So, Johnny, perhaps let's start with the first question. What do you think are the common causes of fear that most human beings experience? See, uh, we are we are a very imaginative species in the creation, and we have the ability as human beings to imagine hmm. what can happen in the future and what has happened. We can we have the recall uh, ability of the past, and in my view, these are the two main underlying reasons why this fear and anxiety is stemming from. Yes. So, of course, we're afraid of the future. Um, we're afraid of death, the unknown, because it's just something, as you say, we don't know. We're afraid of change. Um, we're afraid of not having enough money or falling ill. Public speaking, by the way, is the number one fear in a lot yes. of... Uh, in a lot of circles, if you add the list of the commonest fears, sometimes public speaking is right up there. Losing our status, power, criticism. So there's absolutely no shortage of the causes of fear in all our lives. Right. I want to point out that Johnny and I here are just two ordinary human beings like you, exploring the nature of fear and anxiety, which is common to all of us. So we invite you to join us in that spirit on this journey, asking the same questions of yourself. And you might have an insight that you can share later that might help everybody. How does fear shape our lives? Now, that's, um, it's some, some are obvious ways, but some very subtle ways, Johnny, what do you think? See, uh, one of the extreme end of the spectrum of uh, effect, affection, uh, the cause or the impact of fear and anxiety is actually constructive because it, it gives me an opportunity to be guarded and be a little more prepared. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So a certain amount of anxiety, fear is good in my experience and I've experienced that. The moment it crosses a threshold and then goes beyond that, it yes. then becomes a, an engulfing experience. And then I, I spend a lot of time uh, thinking about what could happen, what could have happened and, and all those. And it actually reduces my power and ability to focus on what's in front of me here and now. Yes. I think you raised a good point that in the spectrum of how much fear and anxiety yeah. on the one end is a good amount of fear because it's protective. It yes. protects us from harm. It makes us excel, maybe study harder for our exams or for interview or work harder. Um, and at the other end are people who are medically anxious. So they need psych, you know, psychological help, medication. True. But in the middle... Uh, the remaining whatever percentage, big chunk, yeah. where it really can impact us in ways that are not helpful for us. And this True. is what we're going to explore. Well, let me start with the war in Ukraine. It's a classic mm. example of how fear of being attacked can make us violent. Mm. Whether we see it that way or not, but certainly... There are some people in that conflict who are worried about being attacked, and so they've attacked first. Mm. But of course, that can also be seen on the streets. Right. Um, yeah. When you're worried no, so about... So this, this, good you brought this um, topic about the war in Ukraine. I, I'm actually working with a person who is based in Geneva. Mm. And she works for one of the largest organizations which is headquartered there. Mm. And they have a huge manufacturing facility in Ukraine, hmm. and they have a big market in Russia. Uh, and post the pandemic, when they look forward to getting back to work, they came into a coincidental experience of having to go through this awkward experience of both Ukrainians and Russians being part of that global headquarters back in the office. And even after getting back to work, they're not able to freely uh, talk to each other because of this anxiety between these two nations. Yes, no, no, I agree. And talking about that, defense spending is also driven by fear. Yeah. You know, we humans spend $1.6 trillion on arms every year. This was two years ago. And yet a billion people go hungry every day. Some in the poorest countries in the world, like India, but some in the richest countries in the world, like here in America and England and, you know, and so on. Uh, we never question that, do we? Because we never question our own fear and the way it impacts our lives. I mean, why are humans so afraid of each other? If someone came to us from another planet, they'd say, you guys are so unintelligent, <laughs> you know, that you're not, you're not eating but you're buying arms instead. We are so afraid of each other as human beings. So, uh, just, but again, underneath that is the nature of fear, which we're just trying to uncover. Yeah. But on a personal level, fear of being hurt can affect all our relationships. Can you think of an example, Johnny? Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, um, let's say I'm a, I, have a, a, I have a great connection with Gopalan, who's here, and a great friend. And, and, and I do have the liberty to, for example, we, we just, uh, I just requested him to keep a tab on the, on the chat. Now, um, 
underlying that, you know, when he said, I knew this was coming, that's, that's the level of comfort that I have with him. I may not have that with everybody. Hmm. And, and, and I'm, I'm just wondering what will happen to my relationship with Gopalan or uh, anybody else in that context of how can I be open? How can I be free? How can I be myself spontaneous and authentic uh, and, and have this uh, freedom from oh, what will he think? Will I lose my connection with yes. it? It's nurtured over a period of time, you know. So fear of being hurt can stop us getting close to people. Yep. Right. Whether it's friends or even our husbands, wives, partners, you know, we try to keep a little bit aloof because oh, we don't want to get too close. But of course, if you don't close to people and you're not connected, then inside you remain lonely. <laughs> you see, that's one of the problems. So fear and loneliness sometimes go together. Um, okay. But fear of change, you know, I used to work in, I used to be a spine surgeon and work in A&E. And we had a number of women who'd come who'd been beaten up by their partners, husbands. And I'd say, look, we have a whole team waiting, the police, the social workers who can help you, give you alternative housing, etc. Just tell us and we will activate that whole system. They're so afraid of change that they would say no. So sometimes the fear of change can make us prisoners of our own circumstances, right? whether it's a job or a relationship or so, so many even other ways. change, Manoj, uh, as you were sharing, it occurred to me that change, when a human being is anticipating the consequence of change is what is causing the anxiety. A change which, which is brought about into somebody's life without any warning uh, people don't have any anxiety. It just goes through. Like, just, you know, yes. a, a friend of mine uh, wanted to, she's a lady and she's, she wanted to get to a, a particular place by evening so that she could take the connecting flight to another location because she had an appointment in a clinic the next morning. But the connecting flight got delayed and she couldn't think anything beyond that. She, her only purpose was to get to that place before her appointment. She got into that place the, in the late night and then she took the car and drove through the night. And right. people told her that's a stupid thing to do for a lady to drive six and a half hours cross country to reach. And she said, I didn't think about it. So change when you are put in a situation without having the time to think of consequences. Uh, I think people just go through that change. So you've really hit a nugget there, which is that fear is linked to thinking. If you have no time to think about something, yeah. you have no fear, no anxiety. So in the moment, when you're faced with a challenge, you deal with the challenge. There's no fear because you're just so completely focused on dealing with the challenge in front of you. Yeah. The entire cosmetic industry and the plastic surgery industry is based on fear fear of being unattractive mm. and it consumes so many people and people yeah. are not even aware that this is what is driving their you know uh, nowadays young women have this thing about filling their there's these fillers that go into their upper lips apparently it's become a craze mm -hmm. around the world mm -hmm. and you don't even know why you're doing it now because it's, you're just so deeply conditioned 
but it comes from this anxiety. And of course, fear of criticism. That's a big one, Johnny. Mm. How does that, how can, what are the different ways that can impact us, you think? See, uh, it, it is again linked to my need to be um, included in a group. Mm. And in front of that group, if I am criticized, the fear of being excluded yes. can be the underlying. It may not be articulated. It, couldn't, it, it may not be a word that is thought through by the being, but then underlying tension is, oh, what if I might get excluded? So yes. the fear of being isolated makes you yeah. join a group and be part of the group, even though you may not agree with everything the group is doing in, your, in, that, you know, in that name. But also, I think criticism also points out or suggests that, see, in the end, fear is a protection from our external threats, right? But what are we protecting in the end? And there are two things we're protecting. One is, of course, the body physically, but we're also protecting the ego, <laughs> the sense of self, you know, Mano, Johnny, and so on. And so when that feels threatened, then that also creates that. Uh, very much a, a fear reaction. And for young people, I work a lot with children and students in colleges and universities. Fear of what other people think is a big driver. So it makes them conform and really creates this anxiety because you can't go and ask people what they think about you. You right. can only imagine. And yeah. of course, your imagination runs wild and you think of right. all sorts of things that um, other people are thinking when in fact they might be thinking none of those things but uh, so that's what pushes people to conform so the, we've just covered a small number i mean there's also the fear of not having enough money and that makes us chase money all our lives and so on but it just shows that there are many unconscious ways fear shapes our lives which we humans are not aware of. And it's up to each of us to ask that question for ourselves. How does fear shape my thinking, my behavior, and, um, and so on? Okay. What about the nature of fear? Now, you mentioned earlier that it's linked to thinking, right? Yeah. If there's no thinking, there's no fear. The nature of, uh, yeah, it is, it is uh, thinking or uh, imagining something and and when you think, um, what I'm realizing uh, as I'm sharing this is uh, the thinking is not about the moment that we go through right now. Right, right. It is either about the past or about the future. Both are, are not real. Hmm. The only thing which is real is the now. Yes. And if I were to go through something in the now, it is not as bad as I was thinking about it all the while till now or what I was anticipating. Or uh, So it's, it's very interesting to realize that it's the thinking which is about the past and about the future yes. and not really about what we are experiencing in the now. Or you're worried that the past will be repeated in the future. Yes that something will happen. But you also mentioned something yesterday in our discussion, that fear is our unconscious way of oh, protecting yes. ourselves. You yes. want to repeat that? Yeah, so that unconscious is, is, is our um, companion throughout our life, whether we like it or not, whether we accept it or not. 
and the unconscious is always there to be like a security guard you know if you look at the president of the us or our indian prime minister we have these black cat commandos so the unconscious is somewhat like that always always uh, wanting to be protecting us all the time and therefore it anticipates the worst case scenario yes and that, which is why we often times we ask this why are we always thinking negative mm-hmm. it's because the prompt is coming from our unconscious in the endeavor of protecting us yes. all the time and it's protecting two things the ego yes which as you know is a is a huge one and of course the physical body physical so, body yeah we can't differentiate it inside we just experience that fear yeah and what we've been exploring is how this unconscious which is trying to protect us actually can end up causing harm in a number of ways as we've said you know yeah the billion people go hungry mm-hmm. every day because of that fear right while we have that 1.6 trillion spent on defense yes at the same time yes we have farmers in india who was committing suicide you know mm. and yet uh, by the way i'm not this is not a criticism of policy it's the world over is the same right absolutely um the same by the way if you have a question or comment as we are talking please put it in the chat and we'll be happy to include that as we travel okay so what we are doing with the human wisdom project and with human wisdom at its core is we are just trying to make the unconscious conscious and once you become aware of the unconscious ways in which your mind is working then you can respond and you have choices then you can respond with wisdom as we will uh, explore but you also said it's not real fear is not real and i asked a group of 10 year old children what's the root cause of fear and this girl very beautifully said it's your imagination playing up mm-hmm. but yeah. can you imagine if all of us had that understanding one in five adults in the world would stop suffering <laughs> yeah so the truth is simple but the impact can be profound uh-huh. yeah so as you said that you know imagine um, you know a very well known um, uh, expansion if fear is an acronym is false evidence is appearing real yes right? yes yes And but I for the mind we... it's very real isn't it it's like being in a scary movie mm-hmm. when yes. you're in the movie you get really frightened right that's the nature of fear or the mechanism of fear you don't see the projector at the back which is your thinking yes it's projecting all these scary images and you believe them to be true but in a movie theater you can wake up and realize ah oh, it's just a movie yeah but yeah. in uh, in a in real life there's no escape is there yeah absolutely because absolutely. you the illusion is complete as you said yeah gopalan you want to add something here uh yeah i just wanted to uh, share that tarun has added how to remain in the present consistently without getting in the loop of fear of the unknown future yes yes 
So may, may, I'll make an attempt, Manoj. Uh, Go ahead, Johnny. So, so the uh, the question is very interesting because um, oh. the truth is that we are in the present. So there is no effort needed to remain in the present. However, the the effort is to bring our distraction from the past, from being in the past or the future, back to our default, which is the present. Hmm. Yes. Manoj, over to you. Yes. So all these ideas are good ideas, but unless you explore it for yourself, explore the patterns of thinking for yourself, it remains quite elusive. If I tell somebody who's anxious, hey, don't be anxious. It doesn't work. Be present. It doesn't work. You know, because their mind is an engine that has got its own uh, momentum. Um, and it creates this fight or flight response, doesn't it, in us? So you have no control. That's the other nature of fear, anxiety. It occurs spontaneously. You have no control. You might have 10 PhDs. You have no control over anxiety. Yeah. It's interesting how right. mind functions. And this flight or fight also has one more element, which is even more dangerous, which is freeze. Hmm. So flight, fight or freeze. Yes, yes. You do. That's, you become paralyzed. Devastating. You become. You feel you can't do anything. You're paralyzed. Yeah, you get frozen. Yes. Numb. Yes. And sometimes to deal with this feeling, which you cannot otherwise escape from, people take to alcohol or drugs. So that's one of the reasons why addiction is is so common, is because people are escaped. This only way they can think of to escape from yeah. the emotional pain that they they are feeling. The other interesting trick the mind plays is it assumes our fears coming from the thing we are afraid about. But that's an illusion of thinking. Because I think my fear comes from being attacked by another country or from what people will say. Or, but actually, it comes from my own imagination, my own thinking process that projector in the back of my mind, projecting all those hmm. um, pictures on the screen. So it's not real, though I believe it to be real. And once we wake up for, to that, that is the other way we can bring freedom, that this fear that I'm imagining out there is actually coming from me, from my own thinking. Okay, we've explored some of the nature of fear and anxiety. What about how can we respond to this with wisdom? What can we offer people who have fear and anxiety and how can wisdom or the self-knowledge help in this right. case? I think um, in my um, experience, the first thing that I would like to do is to become aware of this fear. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and just tell myself, this is a hey, Johnny, this is your fear. All right. And am I, am I willing to recognize and aware, become aware of that awareness? Yes. And to be aware of it without labeling it as good or bad. Yeah. Right, yeah. wrong. It's just part of being human. Yeah. So you begin your own journey of understanding, exploring. And as you learn about it, your fear can diminish. You learn mm -hmm. about the nature of it, that it's not real. Right. All the things we've talked about. You know, yes. so far. 
And another thing you said was to realize that right now you're okay. Yes. When you're anxious, it's often difficult to accept that, oh, right now I'm nothing going on. I'm fine. Absolutely. You know, I can still breathe and, and so on. And to ask yourself, what questions can we ask ourselves in that moment of fear? Um, Gopalan, do you want to chime in? Uh, yeah, I've got Jay Prakash who asked, how do we bring down the fear and anxiety over a period of time? That's the first question. And the second one is from Tarun. If overthinking or worrying too much about what others think and acceptance of the idea by others create fear, anxiety, how can we reduce the habit of overthinking? Yes. Okay, so they're both really good questions. So the first question is, how can I become less afraid? And I think by the time you finish this discussion, hopefully that question will get answered. And in terms of what others think, please remember that others are not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. 99% of our time is spent thinking about ourselves. Nobody has the time to think about you, even if you wanted it. <laughs> so most likely, uh, that's not true. They're just thinking about themselves. Okay, so I think one question, Johnny, we could ask is, ask yourself, is it real? Is mm -hmm. it true? Right? Yeah. Because quite often, it may not be true at all, right? Mm. Uh, somebody's going to attack me, or somebody thinks bad things of me, or I'm going to run out of money, even though I've got enough, and so on. Mm -hmm. right? um, anything else that we can... And, and see, in addition to those questions, also, even if it is real, what's the probability of that reality becoming true? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And once you get into that, then you know that it is, it's just, it's a, it's a percentage. It is not one. Yes. It's less than one. It's whatever it's 0 0.7, 0 0.8 or 0.5 or 0.3. Therefore, is there that remaining 0.3 or 0.7, which is also a probability of not happening? Yes. So equally, there's a chance it may not happen. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing that can end fear completely is if you can accept whatever happens. Right? Yeah. So if you're going for an exam, naturally in any exam, there's a chance you may not pass, you mm. fail. If you can accept that completely, your fear ends. Suppose I've got a beautiful wife. I'm afraid she's going to leave me. If I can accept the day she leaves, I'll still be fine. <laughs> You know, my fear goes away. Yeah. Or if I can accept if I fail the exam. So when I talk to children, I say, when you're ri first riding your bicycle, first time you're getting on a bicycle, what's the, what's the thing? They're afraid of falling off. Right? I said, what's the one thing that can help you end your fear? And one child said, I have to accept that I'm going to fall off. And if I fall off, I'll get back on again. You see? <laughs> So the fear of failure really drives us. And I quote Nelson Mandela here, who said, I never fail. I either win or I learn. Yeah. So the failure is, is defined in uh, NLP as feedback. It's not a failure. Right. 
it is just feedback yes and based on that feedback what's the nature of my actions going forward with my initiative is is more resourceful than oh what if i call it failure and i've 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 you know disappointed myself and so many others around me think this is just a feedback this is there's nothing called failure this feedback like how when we drive we have those meters giving us feedback of how we are doing in terms of this covering the distance and the speed and how much fuel is left this is just a feedback to be able to take life forward from where we are to where we want to yeah so i've got an exercise i do with uh, children which they find really helpful right. which is to divide your fears into three buckets mm-hmm. one is the really rare planes falling out of a sky you know meteors hitting the earth all of those things so those you can put in that bucket and forget because they're already there the other fears are inevitable for example every one of us is going to die what's the point of being afraid of something that's going to happen hmm. unless you make your peace with it all your life you're going to be afraid and be unhappy yeah so acceptance is the key for fears that are things that are going to happen you're going to get old inevitable you know when we get old we're going to lose our health in some way we're going to all of those things are going to happen my parents are going to die and so on so then the middle bit is what you can do something about like exams you can study harder or whatever it might be you can do something you worried about losing your job maybe get another skill or you can you know look for other jobs and so on right um gopal and i'll come to you in one second because there's just one or two more things that are Uh, we want to talk about and i think the last one for me is the most important which is can you meet your fear without thinking right because we have said that without thinking there's no fear yep fear is completely driven by thinking and this might seem like a really strange concept to people but you know when you watch a bird fly across the sky you don't need to think about it you just watch it so there's a way of looking at something outside you can start on the outside where you don't need to name something think about it like a tree mm. yep there's also a way of learning or looking at a feeling without naming it without thinking about it just being with it and the completely being with something without thinking means you cut off the oxygen supply and the fear dissolves right? mm. but at its heart the fear is linked to attachment to whatever it is we want we might be losing like you know yeah. a pet or a person or a position or, yes. and if you can lose that attachment and know that despite that you're still going to be okay as a person your fear can end uh, go ahead gopalan you had some things to say yeah we had we had a couple of questions uh we had couple of questions on the side uh starting with uh, geeta she said i think self knowing is essential to be able to consciously uncouple from fear yes mm. and then uh vedanish uh, says how to overcome the fear of consequence mm. and uh, i have rubin who asked uh what happens if what you fear of comes true 
but it has not come true as yet, right? Uh, <laughs> whether it is self together, uh, Johnny. Uh, uh, yeah. Whether it is self-fulfilling prophecy, mm. uh, and if uh, if it's true, if it comes true, how to deal with that reality? Right. Mm. Okay. There, there are a couple of more questions. But let's uh, take those but, two because yeah. they're connected. Yeah. And I think the first thing to realize is that we have much more capacity in us than we than we think we do. We humans have conquered so many obstacles in life. You just have to read some of the inspirational stories. So no matter what the challenge, you can just tell yourself, whatever happens, I'll be ready. I'll deal with it. And worrying about it right now is not going to help me at all, number one. But if I can do something about it, I will. So I'm worried, say, for example, I won't have any money in my old age. I can start saving, stop eating in restaurants. I can start saving some money. So there are practical things that can be done. But of course, if things come true, then you deal with them at the time. Life is full of uncertainty. Look at those poor refugees in Ukraine. They didn't know a war was coming. Six yeah. million of them have had to find new homes. But they have, right? Okay. Um, Jilly has said, do you think that some people select unconsciously the negatives from their past instead of selecting the positives and realizing that their um, proven capabilities and knowing they have absolutely the tools and skills? That's exactly what I was saying, Jilly, that the mind focuses on the negative because, as Johnny said, the unconscious is always trying to protect us, protect us. And just waking up to what's going on brings its own change. And you can respond with intelligence. That means you do the right thing at the right time. So understanding the nature of attachment, see, that's the key. Yeah. The mind gets unconsciously attached to things, whether it's a pen. Oh, somebody gave it to me. It's very precious. You know, yes. what happens if I lose it? I'll lose sleep over that. So the nature of attachment, Manoj, if I may just interrupt, as you're saying, is even to say that I want to detach is, is a part of attachment. Yes, yes. Because when I'm focusing on detaching from something, it's in the nature of attachment, actually. Yes, yes. And unconsciously, we are ex exhibiting our attachment by saying, I want to detach. Yes. So what we are doing with the Human Wisdom Project and with the Human Wisdom app, I'm going to show you in a second, is just by looking and learning about ourselves and all the hidden drivers in our thinking that shape our fear and anxiety, that learning and understanding does the work of bringing transformation and change. So fear is not wrong. As you said, Johnny, it's protective. It has some useful effects in our life. You're not saying it's wrong. But understanding it allows it to have its rightful place. So if I may just share my screen, I'll show you around the app quickly and the elements around fear and the things we've talked about. And then we'll come back and ask, take some more questions and your comments. So please uh, think of what you want to say um, and I'll come back to you in a minute. So this is the um, Human Wisdom app. It's humanwisdom.me. It's got 60 modules. It's got about 6,000 screens. It's free to browse. About 20% of it is completely free. So you don't have to pay or anything. It's also on Google Play Store, on Android phones. It's coming on the Apple Store. 
So let's go right down first and explore the module on fear. We have 60 modules and fear and anxiety is one of them. So if you open that, it has six sessions, for example, uh, 10 ways fear shapes our lives, the nature of fear we've talked about, meeting fear with intelligence and the mechanism behind fear. There are also a number of stories linked to fear because, you know, um, and here where people have used wisdom to overcome their particular challenges. So in this case, for example, this lady was worried about changing careers and she had two small children. So she talks about how she overcame it. So from the story, we have a little parable, like it's never too late to try something new or change careers. And from that, you can go straight into um, the module. For example, conditioning plays a big role in all our fears. You know, I've been influenced in a particular way. I'm worried about change. I've been told that I need to be a doctor. I become a doctor. And then suddenly I want to be a musician. And now I'm afraid of changing. So uh, conditioning uh, can be a really useful topic to explore there too. So that's fear and anxiety. And then, of course, fear affects everything, affects our causes stress, affects our relationships. We talk about criticism, self-esteem, how to live with peace and deal with death, how to be happy, communicate well. Fear plays a big role in communication too. If I'm afraid of telling you my innermost secrets in my heart, then of course I can't connect with you at a deeper level. Um, success and failure, addiction, and leadership particularly, work and leadership. Every quality of leadership comes from wisdom. And having the courage and being fearless is such an important part of being an effective leader. Uh, and again, all that, all that comes from wisdom. At the heart of the Human Wisdom app is this understanding of how the mind works. So we've talked about conditioning, comparison, how the mind is reactive, and so on. Uh, we have all these emotional needs we're not aware of. Um, the art of inquiry explores how we begin to look at ourselves and learn. So it has nine sections. We know how to look at the universe, but not ourselves. So what are the three steps to inquiry? What's awareness? How to look without judgment? Ask the right questions. In the end, this is just about asking the right questions. Like, is it real? And so on. Um, and here in the Get Support Now section, there are short videos. This one is 10 minutes long. I'll just give you one minute of it. Hi, in this short film, we're going to explore 14 ways to help you manage and overcome anxiety. The anxious mind is always racing, trying to figure things out and imagining the worst possible outcome in any situation. We're going to travel together and explore how we can respond to life's challenges instead with a calm intelligence. So that's available uh, for you. The, we also have a section called, um, there's a podcast section, lots of podcasts on the subject, and wisdom shorts. So this one, for example, um, is on overcoming anxiety. It's only one minute long. You can, you can listen to it in your own time. Okay, so... Uh, um, the, if anything at all I can um, add to that is primarily that if you were to notice um, your thoughts and not 
have to react to it, but just to be still and say, okay, something is going on. I just want to observe it without the need to act. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, when you do that, you're actually slowing down the reaction yes. to allow intelligence to uh, take over. Yes. And, and you realize that when you act, eventually put out a response, it's a thought-through response and not a spontaneous one. Yes. It's really difficult for the human mind, isn't it? Because at the moment, anything, any thought or feeling we have, we assume, first of all, it's real. And secondly, that we need to do something about it. And as you said, Johnny, if we can just observe it and not, and realize that we have choices. We don't have to interact with that thought or with that feeling. We can just watch it come and go like birds in the sky. And then, you know, that's one less reason why you won't be anxious. Uh, Lynn, lovely to see you after so long. How are you? Have you got any, anything to offer or any comments or questions? I've had this conversation about anxiety with uh, young people. And I think it's really useful to talk about this idea that anxiety, it's real. I mean, I, we feel it, we sense it in our bodies. But I share a definition of anxiety that might be helpful. And what I say is anxiety is not being shy or feeling nervous. Anxiety is the mental and physiological state of emergency in the absence of danger. It is the overestimation of peril or threat and the underestimation of our capacity to deal with it. And it kind of takes it away from um, being, well, I, I'm just an anxious person. I'm, you know, anxiety is, is really who I am and who I've become. But to take it and bring it outside and set it in front of us so we can have a conversation about it. Because anxiety, the definition you have for it is probably different than the one, you know, a, a teenager is, well, I'm anxious and, and they um, ascribe it to a, a situation or, and you can have a conversation about it then. So I don't know if that's useful. I like that. That means the, the threat is not real, but it feels real. Right? And, um, but as, as we said, right now to realize that you're okay, but your thinking process has taken over your brain. This is- Well, and I think that being, I'm sorry, Manon, no, no. but to acknowledge the felt experience, you're, it really isn't mind over matter. You know, I think that's one of the, you know, I think it can be interpreted that, well, if you just think differently, you'll feel better. You know, it really is that inquiry. What is all underneath all of this? And, and that can be such a rich conversation with someone of any age. So I think you've hit the nail on the head, which is what we're trying to do with the Human Wisdom Project. The fear is, if you like, the top of the iceberg, what you can see over the surface. 
And what we're doing here is to go deeper under the surface to see what's going on in our thinking that leads to all this. And insight, which is the ability to see clearly, that is what I think can bring freedom. So when I was talking to these 10-year-old children in a school in Leeds about fear, and I'm, we concluded by saying fear is your imagination playing up. It came from them. I met them four months later and I asked them, what effect did that conversation have on you? And this 10-year-old boy said he, his grandfather died and he got worried that his parents were going to die as well. And then he remembered our conversation that fear is just your imagination playing up. And then his fear kind of went away. Okay. Well, thank you very much, everyone. And uh, I will send you all a recording uh, and due course. So, uh, and um, thank you for your time on a Sunday afternoon. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more, please visit our website, humanwisdom.me. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.